Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR on this Thursday. I'm Tim Wildman with, uh, in studio with me is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And in Kansas City, Kansas is our good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing well, but you, you, tra- you traveling? You speaking anymore and this fall? I, or I am home until Thanksgiving week, and we're going to go up to Oregon. So it's been busy for the last couple of months, and it's nice to be home for a few weeks. Well, so is your schedule, for those who don't know, Ray travels the country speaking at various conferences and camps and so forth, teaching the Bible. And uh, this year, 2021, has been uh, pretty normal for you as compared to last year? Since the beginning of summer, it's been pretty normal. The one thing that hasn't uh, happened is we're not doing any international travel. Haven't traveled overseas in a couple of years since before the pandemic, but we're scheduled to go to Hungary for the very first time in January. And, uh, you know, as they say, crossing our fingers that uh, all the COVID situation won't mess that up. What, uh, yeah, so, so where would you fly from? Uh, well, Kansas City to maybe Chicago, probably KC to Chicago, and then from Chicago, it's easy to get into Europe and going to Budapest to the uh, Word of Life Bible Institute there to teach the Book of Ephesians. What is the? Uh, for, it, would this basically be for pastors in Hungary? Actually, be for college age students. Probably, uh, I don't know how many, but they're from about eighteen years old till about twenty three, twenty four. They take a year to study the Bible and have guest lecturers come in. So I'll be there for a week. Well, God ha- willing, in January. You have to have a translator, or do they speak English? Uh, uh, it, my talks will be translated from English into Hungarian. I know a few words of German, a little French. I don't know any Hungarian at all. So, so that'll Hungar- be a new experience. Uh, uh, Hungarian is its own language. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. I didn't yeah. realize that. Hmm. Okay. So, hey, would you send us a video of that? Sure. <laughs> just to, just to clip, I just I just think I would enjoy watching you being translated. Uh, you uh, know, it's people think it's hard to teach through a, or, or preach with a translator. If they're good, it's actually easier because you have a few moments to think about the next thing you're going to say, you yeah. know. You do a <laughs> sentence what, what or you, two. What do you talk for uh, 30 seconds and then pause for 10? About like that, right. You, you can't do a full paragraph normally, but a, a sentence or two, and then you pause and they do it. So it gives you time to I think have a ahead. question. Do you yeah. have a moment of prayer for the translator to be like on top of his or her game? Because oh, if something is lost in translation there, you may say something heretical. You know, or you're or translating they, or they, saying Sometimes it. you'll say something serious, but but the translator will say it in a way that oh. they think it's a joke or something. And so it has <laughs> happened. It's happened that way. The good translators uh, actually adopt your mannerisms. They they get into it that much. You, it's like yeah. it's unbelievable how the really good ones. It's it's seamless just to watch yeah. them do it. 
Well, you know what I would think would be hilarious is to watch a translator interpret President Biden. <laughs> yeah, huh? I don't know that. I don't know if that would really be possible. Uh, I think the uh, translator would have this inquisitive look on their face, like what? What? Yeah. what? Can you repeat that? <laughs> Could you put a verb in that sentence, please? I just thought you said the refrigerator walked to Alaska and came back. Uh, all right, so. Uh, we again, thank you for listening. If you want to join us on what Ed Vitagliano calls that their internet, you just go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues, today's issues on Facebook or YouTube, and you can join us there. Uh, we also post the, uh, stories that we discuss on our Facebook page. So check that out. Chris, what's leading the news this morning? Well, if you go to our website, AFN.net, we have something under the breaking heading. It's one of our top stories at the moment, and that is because tens of millions of Americans who work at companies with 100 or more employees will need to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January 4th or get tested for the virus weekly under government rules issued today. This is that mandate, so to speak, from Joe Biden announced back in September that private sector workers of certain-sized businesses have to get the shot or tested regularly. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you do a radio program four or five days a week, you inevitably repeat yourself. So I'm about to repeat myself. And I guess this might fall in the category of ad nauseum. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) And that is this. This is not a national emergency. This is the federal government making people uh, bend the knee, Mm -hmm. kneel before them. Lord Biden, Mm -hmm. okay? Why do you say that, Tim, as I talk in third person? Because if this thing is not supposed to go into effect till January the what? Fourth. This is not an emergency. The COVID is going to spread for two months. Mm-hmm. If, if you believe, if you're buying that, if you're following along here in a logical mm-hmm. way, if it's a national emergency where half the country is going to die, which is the dire, I'm, I'm exaggerating obviously, but the, uh, the, the very idea of saying it by two months from now, you've got to get a COVID shot, i.e. a vaccine, belies the whole point of getting it yeah do you, do you are you following me friend i'm following you because uh what you're saying is we're not following the science no that's what's going on in fact uh, tim we can back it up even further joe biden announced his intention to do this last summer months ago mm-hmm. so he's not only waiting two months for He's waited months. He's waited months to this point. It's only today that OSHA's announced what the regulations Correct. are, right? Yes. And Walker Wildman, uh, my, my, our, my son and our uh, host on the AFA at the core at 105 Central Time today on his show is going to show you. I'm not going to upstage him here by giving away uh, what he's going to. Well, yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to upstage him. I'm just going to tell you, he's going to show physically the document Yes. that he broke our printing machine. Uh, trying to print all this out. These reg- it, it, it's unbelievable. It's a six-inch stack. 400 pages. 400 pages to say you got to get the shot. From an environmentalist president that wants yeah, us to yes, use a yes, bunch of paper. Yes. I, I, I'm just saying, uh, if this were a national emergency, they would say, you know what, Ray? 
by next Tuesday, you, you better get the shot or two weeks from now. I know that may not be practical in terms mm-hmm. of a lot of people, but we've had, for people who want to get it now, we've had, what, uh, eight months or so, right. six, six or eight months or so. Everybody who's wanted to get the uh, vaccine shot has had plenty of time to do it. So this is all about, to me, this is all about Biden wanting the federal government to make uh, Americans and American companies bow the knee. Well, look, if if he was really that concerned about it, this being Thursday, he would say, we're going to start tomorrow. Yes. In a true emergency, you're going to start tomorrow. You must be vaccinated. But they know that the minute this mandate goes down, there's going to be enormous controversy and millions of Americans are going to end up out of a job because they are going to pay with their jobs for their convictions about not getting the vaccine. So what are they doing? They're pushing it past the all-important Thanksgiving, Christmas shopping season. That's why it's going to January. Yeah. They could say they could say the week after Thanksgiving, but that would mess up the end-of-the-year economy. So Whatever else you can say, this is not a medical emergency. If it were, it would go into effect today or tomorrow. I would also like to point out that Joe Biden must think this is an extremely intelligent virus because this applies to companies and entities with 100 or more. Apparently, if you have 99 employees, the virus says, I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. I mean, we're not following the signs. This is exactly what you say, Tim. This is Joe Biden saying, I'm Lord over this country, yes, not yes, president. I yes. am Lord of the United States, yes. and I am declaring that everyone must. This has never happened in the history of this country. It has never happened that he is ordering everybody to be vaccinated. He's moving down the chart. First, we were told little kids like five-year-olds don't have to have the vaccine. Now he's out there yesterday saying Praise the Lord, we now have a vaccine for five-year-olds. What he didn't say is places like, and I think Chris can confirm this, mm-hmm. places like New York and San Francisco are going to tell mom and dads, your five-year-old must be vaccinated, mm-hmm. right. must be vaccinated. This is insane. Yes, and the vaccination effectiveness is going way, way down. It just begs the question to me, too. Uh, we probably need to get somebody on here who... Is a scientist or a doctor who knows about this, uh, but that is uh, this vaccine, as it's called. I call it a COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Ed and I have had this debate, uh, and if you want to call it a vaccine, that's appropriate too. Uh, but a vaccine in the minds of most Americans is something that stops transmission of said virus. This doesn't. Nope. Right. This doesn't. The effectiveness of this back when it was first initiated uh, was pretty good, I think, to stop getting it and stop transmission. But now with these variants, it's not. So I'm just saying the what, what, what Biden is wanting to impose is not doing hardly anything to stop the transmission of the COVID. There was a report about Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the uh, Green Bay Packers. He has COVID. He's uh, not been vaccinated. He is going to miss the game against uh, Kansas City and mm-hmm. the Chiefs, where Ray lives, uh, this Sunday. What they didn't say in these reports as they slam Aaron Rodgers is that there's uh, uh, three or four of his teammates 
who also have COVID, and guess what? They're vaccinated. They're vaccinated. <laughs> so I'm just saying uh, when you're going to impose a federal mandate that all people must get an injection or lose your, or basically lose your scholarship or your livelihood or your ability to work, it better be a real uh, nas- national emergency, okay? And as we've talked about here for the last five minutes, the by delaying the requirement that you get your shot by January so-and-so mm-hmm. says to me it's not a real emergency at all. It's simply the um, it's simply the Lord Biden and the federal government wanting people to bow the knee. Yeah. And then so, as we said here before, and I know that a lot of people who may be lot, even some of our fellow Christians, and I know a lot of people who are not Christians don't necessarily buy this, but uh, – this is this is a, a precedent-setting event, so that when the next quote crisis or emergency comes up, even if it isn't one, that uh, the the federal government, if the right people are in charge, the liberals, can impose other mandates on Americans in the name of public safety, yeah, or saving the planet, for example. Oh, sure. Yeah, if you don't get solar panels on your house, we're going to cut back on the electricity that's coming in from that coal fire. It's the generator. same principle. It it's the same thinking. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same. same. We're going to force the citizens of this country to do what we say yeah. they must do. We're going now, to force them. Now, I will acknowledge there has always been strings attached to federal money. Uh, that's always been true, and it, and and quite frankly, I understand why that has to be, Ray. But sure. we're we're not talking about uh, what we're ta- we've what we're talking about is making people put something in their blood system, in, in the you know inject something into your. That's different than saying, oh, okay, you got to make your grades. I'm just giving an example. You got to keep your great GPA up in order to keep your federal grant uh, money coming in. You see what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. And aren't we drifting now? toward a situation where it's not just going to be the vaccine. It's going to be booster shot number one, booster shot number two, booster shot number three. Now, now we understand people take the flu shot, and there's a new variety of that, but that's not mandatory. mandatory. You either take it or not. We're heading toward a situation with with the vaccine where it's going to be mandatory not just to get fully vaccinated, but they're going to redefine fully vaccinated to be Booster one, booster two, booster yes. three, and so on. Yes, and the lady in charge of the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, said as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was it? A couple of weeks ago. She said, "She said we may have to." Maybe she used the word "may." I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but she said we may have to redefine what it means to be fully vaccinated. Right. Okay. Yes. We had that video on our website. Yeah. Okay. So again, if the CDC then. Uh, let's play this out for just a minute, says, okay, we're redefining fully vaccinated to mean you've had your booster shot by February. Right. Okay? Yep. Which, by the way, the booster shot's not available yet for people 65 and under unless you have comorbid- serious comorbidities, right? Uh, because the CDC and the FDA right. have not uh, recommended that. But I'm just saying if the CDC redefines what it means to be fully vaccinated – 
then everybody listening to me right now who has had the vaccine shot, guess what? You got to get in line again to get another booster shot or these same rules and regulations and mandates will now apply to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's no end to this. I, right. I could see um, an administration like Joe Biden now going after uh, health insurance companies saying you're not going to insure people who don't get the vaccine. You're going to cut them off. Of That's a very good point. Yeah. Oh, there's no end to there's this. No, there's no once, end to once it starts. Now, I want to get to, we maybe find out, get Abe, uh, Abraham Hamilton III, if we can get <laughs> find out from him, or, or maybe Walker knows. Uh, the These red state attorney generals yes. are going to file, a, I guess, what amounts to a class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I may be misappropriating that legal definition there. But to basically joining together to uh, appeal to the Supreme Court of the United States, I would guess in an, uh, uh, in an in an in an attempt to make them rule whether Biden whether it's unconstitutional to force these mandates, uh, force people to get the shots or lose their jobs or lose their funding. Mm-hmm. So I do want to point out that the rule as stated by the federal government is that people have to be in the government's words vaccinated or show a negative test on a regular basis. And I think that's going to be yeah, interesting. Yeah, that to is watch. true that to be fair, uh, Biden did, I don't know if those show, I hadn't read their Biden did announce uh, when he announced the vaccine mandate, he announced that you could choose. He, he was allowing for you to choose it. You have a weekly, the option, and I'm using air quotes. A weekly test. That with, is, with the exception of metal, medical workers. They can't. That option is not there for medical workers. Yeah, and see, we already <laughs> have a kind of a, a class divide right now between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and now you're going to have some situations where Sally is looked down upon in her work area because she's getting the negative test, whereas everybody else uh, in the you know office is vaccinated. I mean, you're going to have those problems. You know what? Yeah, but but you know what, Americans are catching on to mm-hmm. on a broad scale mm-hmm. because we all know people who are vaccinated, and the people who are vaccinated are are getting COVID, and they're spreading COVID, just like people who aren't vaccinated. Yep. It's it and and if so, if the if the point of the mandate is to stop the spread of COVID. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that the goal? Yeah, Th- this is not this is not going to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, so, again, which is another point where you say, why are they doing this? This must there must be something else uh, at play here. Yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Next up, what's your next story? Well, Chris? Uh, let's do this because uh, we we have some time, and I think we can get into everybody's reaction. We do A have lot time. Of, we do. Okay. For right now. All right. Uh, a lot of blame has gone around as to what happened to Democrats in Tuesday's elections in places like Virginia and uh, New Jersey, where a, a Democrat ended up pulling it out, according to people counting the votes. Uh, but Republicans had a strong showing. And um, a lot of people have kind of uh, pointed the finger at one another. You you said this. You, you mean shouldn't in, have... in, inside the Democrat Party? You yes. Mean? And one notorious, well-known, high-profile, credible Democrat uh-huh. uh, that has uh, put the blame on something is none other than James Carville, one of the people that helped uh, Bill Clinton get elected not once but twice to the Oval Office. Carville 
uh, says Dems lost because they keep on going with all this wokeness stuff, and some of them need to go to woke mm. detox. I have the audio clip too. What's wrong with just stupid wokeness? All right, you just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. Right. He, this is a Clint. Uh, Carville goes back to the Clinton years as, as an advisor. Uh, he um, I think he speaks the truth there. <laughs> Well, first of all, I gotta yeah. love his accent, right? Yeah, you know, South it, Louisiana. I that's think, right. right. That's I got that Cajun. That's thing. not Hungarian. <laughs> no, that's definitely not Hungarian. You gotta <laughs> love that. Number two, it's wonderful to hear a guy on the other side speaking the truth, and not just the truth, the obvious truth. Right. That this wokeness lunacy has taken over the Democratic Party, and if they don't get rid of it somehow. I'm not sure they can. Right. They are headed for electoral catastrophe in the midterms yeah. next year. Because this is really what happened in in yeah. Virginia. People just said enough is enough. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh now personally I'd like to watch them continue down this wokeness road. <laughs> you just follow the follow right. the yellow brick ro- wokeness road all the way to Emerald City. If you want see to see what happens. Huh? Yeah. See but, what happens. Yeah. But um it's whether whether the Democrat Party, uh, you know, heeds the advice of James Carville right there or not remains to be seen. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I, I kind of doubt it because the woke crowd, uh, as as personified by the squad, for example, uh, these people are on a righteous mission, okay, with religious fervor. Uh, they, uh, they want to change America. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and America is a systemically racist country, according to them. Which, by the way, is exactly what critical race theory teaches. So, when Biden's uh, Biden or other Democrats say CRT doesn't exist, and then they embrace uh, systemically racist America, calling it that, that's CRT. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get. Uh, no, they, the, the woke crowd—they won't lose in San Francisco, but uh, you take your your purple states out there, uh, or, or even blue states that you know maybe are sky blue, like Virginia. Mm-hmm. This is going—they continue to push this garbage, uh, this lunacy, as mm-hmm. Carvel calls it. They're gonna—they're gonna lose a lot of races. Do you guys remember about two years ago we had the audio on the show? Uh, but there was a, a phone call that got leaked or something, and Democrats were all yelling at one another for the yeah. problems as yeah. to why they lost some seats. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was in 2020. And uh, a lady, a Democrat uh, representative, I believe it was, had talked about how it was because all the Democrats were pushing defund the police. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the, the traditional Democrats that Carvel's speaking on behalf of, mm-hmm. the establishment wing of the Democrat Party, uh, they don't, they, they they know what Carville's saying is true. Right. But trying to talk to these fanatics 
on the far left, uh, they then get accused of being racist or mm -hmm. uh, whatever. Well, you see that, you see that happening. You know, uh, you saw that happen with Joe Manchin now, the senator right. from West Virginia, a Democrat. The far left is calling him a racist. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because he is opposing the uh, $1.75 trillion. Whatever it is today. <laughs> I wouldn't want to read that. <laughs> huh? Nope. That would, be, that would be a punishment right there. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And we thank you for your support. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Winsome Sears is the embodiment of the American dream. Her father came to this country from Jamaica with a buck 75 in his pocket. He worked long hours, got an education, brought his family to the land of the free. Winsome became a devout Christian, served in the Marine Corps. She took a job running a homeless shelter for the Salvation Army. She married and had children and later ran for public office. And now she is the first black woman to be elected lieutenant governor in the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Winsome said it had nothing to do with her skin color, but everything to do with what she stood for, a gun-toting, Bible-clinging, black Republican. A quintessential American story completely ignored by the mainstream media, not because of the color of her skin, but because of the flavor of her politics. More than a million people have downloaded my free podcast, and you should too, right now. Available at ToddStarns.com. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. 
In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Should you want to send us an email, we prefer K-Love emails. By that, we mean positive and encouraging. Just send that to comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net is our email address. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward and Ray Pritchard. And joining us now from the Twin Cities, uh, that's in Minnesota, is our good friend Jan Markell. She's the president and founder of Olive Tree Ministries and the host of Understanding the Times Radio, heard each weekend here on American Family Radio. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. So if you drive to downtown Minneapolis, uh, I don't know how that far it is from where you live, you, you still, you'll still now be able to see police patrol. <laughs> yeah, um, about 55, 56% uh, voted uh, against the proposition to defund the, poli- defund the police. I-, I think a kind of a more concerning number is 44%, roughly. Mm-hmm. We're in favor of abolishing the, the police. I mean, this is staggering because it's just such a, a weird way of thinking, uh, it, particularly in light of terrible rising crime in this area. So, you know, you have to ask, is this Romans 1 behavior God's sent down to some people anyway, which would be, you know, a reckless way of thinking up is down, black is white, et cetera. What do you think about the reaction across the country, Jan, uh, against the, the woke movement? Um, I think that righteous people, um, many anyway, have, have sort of had enough of the insanity. I think that was demonstrated here in the last couple of days. I think the, maybe we could say uh, a sleeping giant has been awakened uh, over the last 10 months. And is it too late? We don't, we don't know. I, I, I just don't have any idea what God's timetable is. Um, we just know the last days are called perilous, so therefore, I expect anything. It was interesting. It's Fred here, uh, Jan. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting, particularly in Virginia. Uh, I, I think at the, the pointy end of the, of the sword there had to do with parents who discovered yeah. what their kids were being taught in school. Right. That became a huge issue, and I've said all along, whether you're a Democrat mom and dad or right. a Republican mom and dad, when you start teaching and you find out your kids are being taught that if they have white skin, they're automatically evil. As that mom right. said, her little girl came home one day and said, Mommy, they just taught me in school because I have white skin, I'm an evil person. I mean, that's right. going to rile parents. And and I, I guess it's sad that it took a pandemic for parents mm-hmm. to find out what their kids were be have been taught in school now for years, and it's been taught in our university for decades. Well, that's very, very true, Fred. Um, this has been going on for, uh, I'm told, 50 years, uh, various forms of, of indoctrination, and maybe it even goes back 100 years, but certainly in the last half century, 
I keep hearing the the indoctrination is just just massive and overwhelming, and and again it goes along with I think what the Bible predicts for sort of a, a last generation. Again, Romans one is so prominent that people will be giving a, be given a debased mind. Well, you know who gives that? God gives it, and He's doing that for a reason. I mean, He keeps offering man an opportunity for. To, to, for salvation and to lead a righteous life, and many choose that, and those who don't choose it, it seems. I don't. I don't have great insight here, but it seems they get blinded, and uh, and then they make terrible, terrible choices. But good people, just like the rain falling on the just and the unjust, good people get caught in uh, defunding the police as well because of this screwball way of thinking. What's coming up on uh, your program two days from now? Three days from now, uh, we're. We're going to be, uh, yeah, and we, we're so grateful, by the way, for the FR, FR audience Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be talking about this rush to one-worldism, which, again, the Bible talks all about, heavily Revelation 13, but also Daniel, other places. The one-world government is forming. It's, it's, it's beginning to manifest, and we'll talk about exactly how that's happening uh, Saturday at 1 Central, Sunday at noon Central on American Family. All right. Thanks, Jan. Appreciate it. Have a good thanks. day. Yep, uh, I know. Yeah, a lot of what Jan was just talking about, this one world government, uh, the uh, climate change conference uh, in Glasgow, Scotland, in the last several days. Yeah. If you listen to the speeches. uh, And I have been. It was was all about uh, world policy. Uh, Trudeau of Canada talked about a world policy of punishment for for those who produce excess carbon dioxide. He wants it a world punishment. So that thinking that Jan was talking about is out there. And did he did he call Beijing? Did he call Beijing? Yeah, Trudeau, tell him oh, what's coming down the pipe. No, they're a little afraid of Beijing. Yeah. They don't right, want to offend uh, so, them. So uh, right <laughs> Russia and China didn't even participate. <laughs> well there's a this. reason. There's a reason that they're they along with uh, Folks in India, I mean, those are the most the most polluted cities right. in the world: Russia, China, and India. So China had a self interest reason for not taking part in the conference, right? No, Trudeau's not going to call uh, the folks in Beijing, and they're not going to take his call if he does. They <laughs> don't want right. to hear, any, you know. In China, they're going to do what they want to do anyway, no matter what that conference. That's says. true. Yeah. You know, China has the attitude: nobody's going to tell us what to do. Remember right. when America used to have that attitude? Yeah. yeah, not that long ago. Not that Unfortunately, long ago. we have a president now asking again for OPEC to pump, to pump more oil. Yeah, I, I want people to, even if they haven't been paying attention to this program the last 45 minutes, 40 minutes, although if you're listening to me now, you have been paying attention. Listen to the story <laughs> that Chris is about. Share with us, Chris, what uh, this, this is environmental wackiness. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Go ahead. This is not the first time he has done that since he took the Oval Office. Who's he? Uh, Joe uh, Biden. Joe Vanillicone Biden is asking OPEC today to increase production to help ease high oil prices, which he himself helped drive up because he got rid of Keystone and some of the other exploration going on in the U.S. that has helped oil prices be down in recent years during the Trump era. Okay, if we had a blackboard... You know, we could teach what's going on here uh, and show it. Ray, 
The President of the United States, Joe Biden, wants to stop uh, the United, his own country from using any kind of fossil fuels for energy purposes. Okay. He cuts off and shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, right? From right. Canada, which is From a country Canada, that doesn't hate which us. Which is clean energy. Yeah. Right, right. And shuts it down, costing tens of thousands of jobs. And then he turns around now. He did it a few weeks ago, and now he's doing it now. Mm-hmm. He's begging OPEC, oil c- countries. And to, Russia. And Russia. And Russia. Please right. pump more oil so my American uh, voters don't have to pay more at the pump for gas. All the while, I'm killing right. uh, in- energy independence and things like the Keystone. How does that make any sense? Well, right. it doesn't make any sense at all. The Keystone Pipeline was underway and it was going to be a great right. a great boon to America. I mean, if you really want energy independence, right. then you want that pipeline working. So, of course, they stop it. And now he's going hat in hand to OPEC and to Russia, begging for more oil to drive down gas prices. It's lunacy. It's amazing. The AP story that we have on our site, AmericanFamilyNews.net, the president, uh, this is Biden, in making this announcement, this plea to OPEC and Russia to increase the production, the president acknowledged the irony at the end of the Group 20 summit in Rome. What's talking about? What's the irony? They're over there saying we got to get rid of fossil fuels. He comes back to the United States and he says, please, Saudi Arabia, please, Russia, start producing more oil and gas. Or it's going to hurt Democrats in the fall at the, at the, at the polls because Americans are going to be paying four dollars a gallon for gasoline he says on the surface it does seem inconsistent this is joe biden talking but he says americans need to be able to commute to work and moving to renewables will take time but the first thing you did on day one president biden was kill keystone yeah you killed it yeah it doesn't make any sense this is your brain on vanilla ice cream i'm telling you is that right (laughs) there's your psa (laughs) uh anyway the, the Democrats right now, they don't have a message. No. They, they, don't, they don't have – I don't know what they got going for them. You know, to, to, make, to make this even worse, a few months ago, Reuters did this story. He reached out to our allies in Europe and asked them to dig for the, metal, the metals and the minerals that we're going to need to build the electric vehicles he wants us to have. We're sitting on the Saudi Arabia of metals and minerals. Right. In the United States. Mm-hmm. And and we're asking, yeah, yeah. All right, you're listening to today. I don't often show. get to talk today. about yeah. these kinds yeah. of exciting. No, and, and we didn't you know. notice the, uh, your, your volume went up there. It did. You, this, which is good. We, need, we all need passion well, about you know, things four, other than sports. Four pots of coffee and I'm cooking. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Alex McFarland joins us now as he does most Thursdays. Dr. Alex McFarland from North Carolina. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, gentlemen. What are you and Bert going to be talking about on Exploring the Word this afternoon? Well, we are going through the minor prophets, and we just did Joel. Uh, I mean, Jonah yesterday. Just did Jonah, and uh, today we're going to move on and uh, talk about Amos. What defines a minor prophet as opposed to a major prophet? 
Well, their books are shorter. Um, it doesn't mean less significant, but you've got like Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah that are, you know, somewhat lengthy, and the minor prophets, uh, their books are just shorter. Um, hey, can I ask you a question? I guess sure. I can since you're on the program. And maybe <laughs> Ray, too, uh, you guys have taught on this, and maybe you have uh, read as well. The, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament what what is the uh, what is the overarching point and purpose of that? Oh, great question! You, you know, it's interesting, and and Ray jump in too. I just have such a respect for because I'm I'm listening to it right now. And, oh yeah, and well, you know, and I'm Isaiah. going. You know, one one chapter I go. Excuse me for interrupting. Oh yeah, Alex, it's a habit I have. <laughs> That's all right. I haven't been able to break it. Uh, but I, I, I'm going through there, and I uh, hear one chapter, and I go, okay, I, I get that. And then I hear the next chapter, and I'm going, I don't know what in the world this guy's talking about. This guy, I mean, the major prophet. Uh, so I'm just, go ahead. Go ahead and talk about that, if you would. Well, it, you know, it's interesting that Isaiah is often called the miniature Bible because it's 66 chapters, and clearly, oh my goodness, some of the most clear depictions of the coming Savior mm-hmm. are in Isaiah. You know, very famously, Isaiah seven fourteen, uh, he'll be born of a virgin, and Isaiah nine six that uh, the government will be upon his shoulders, and Isaiah fifty three, he would suffer, and by his stripes we're healed. Um, really, the the big overarching theme, because you know you've got sin and judgment and uh, compassion, forgiveness. There's Israel and the nations of the world that are under judgment for sin, but there is a a new covenant coming that we will have with the Messiah. Right. Ray, am I, am I saying that right? A hundred percent correct. It's, you know, Isaiah, I, I, I can't see me, I'm waving my hand to show I'll that. see you. Yeah. <laughs> like a windshield wiper. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, you, you read Isaiah. Okay, you can read Nahum, you get great and Amos get great but it's shorter right just like just like right, Alex said right. the minor prophets give you little snapshots Isaiah gives you this panoramic view because he starts off as as, as Alex said talking about the sin of Israel and the sin of the nations he he makes his way to the coming Messiah who will offer himself as the sacrifice for the sins of the world anyone can trust in him and be saved but he ends Tim, on this mountaintop, you get up to 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, and you're standing there in the new heavens and the new earth. So it's what Alex said. It's the whole Bible in miniature. All the themes of the Bible are in Isaiah. And I was just going to add, if you you want to get a... If you want to give a a vitamin B shot to your spiritual life in terms of review of God, read Isaiah because Isaiah has an exalted view of the sovereignty of God. You, when you read Isaiah, you're going to come away with a big God because that's what's presented in that book. Fred, Amen. Uh, Just, just to add, I just finished up uh, the Old Testament this week, uh, going through and started the New Testament just this morning. But the Old Testament, and when you get into these prophets, the the major and the minor prophets, guys, just uh, check me on this, but you often have to discern between near events that are going to occur and distant events. And sometimes there's some confusion about that. And, and I 
quite frankly, the, the Jewish people, they, they had the Old Testament uh, prophets, the Jewish people, when we get into the New Testament, the time when Jesus came to this earth, they were expecting the Messiah that the prophets talked about that is still to come. Jesus is going to be king. They were expecting a king to come. And what what shocked them was that uh, Jesus, who was born in Nazareth, why aren't you being a king? They saw his miracles, but then he was crucified, and they were confused by all of this. And that's why these prophets, you have to understand, they look, they talk about a coming Messiah, but they also talk about a coming king. Now, he's one and the same, Jesus Christ. He came the first time to be our Savior, to die on the cross for their sins, to to basically say the law, abiding by the law, is not going to save you. You need to accept Jesus Christ by faith and what he did for you on the cross. But also these prophets look beyond that. And when you look at uh, some of the later prophets, they, they were dealing with the people who came back out of captivity in Babylon after the 70 years in Babylon. Mm-hmm. They got discouraged when they started to rebuild the temple. In fact, they stopped for about 16 years, I think it was. And then God comes along through a prophet and says, hey, uh, you paneled your nice houses. You have really nice houses, but you forgot about me. So they warned them again. But there's also talk of a coming temple. And when Jerusalem, that coming temple where Jesus will rule and reign from. And uh, that's what we're looking forward to now. So the, mm-hmm. the, 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 prophet, the, the books, the prophecy books are just filled with with excitement for us. So Jesus has come. He's died on the cross. He rose again. He's gone to heaven to prepare a place for us, but he's also coming to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. So Alex, so yes. based on what uh, Fred's saying and, and what, the, what the Bible teaches, uh, or does the Bible teach that Jesus Christ will rule on this physical earth as a mm-hmm. as a what king king as, as a king, king. over all the earth over all the earth well, i mean and i'm talking about physical like i see fred right now Je- that's going to that's going to be jesus and, and wh- where is this going to where is this going to be jesus will come back literally physically tangibly absolutely jesus will come back one day and he will rule and reign from jerusalem that's his city. That's the city of the king, Jerusalem. And uh, I know sometimes you take tour groups over there, and uh, that would be a very exciting trip to take. But, hey, let, let me say this. It's amazing. I love Isaiah. Uh, when Jesus began to start his ministry, he goes to the temple, and he reads, and he has the man pull out the scroll from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to proclaim the gospel. And it says in Luke 4, every eye was fastened on him. Imagine, Jesus could have picked any Old Testament passage, and he reads from Isaiah. And it says, uh, he, he said, this day Scripture is fulfilled in your ears, because he was this promised Messiah. Now, let me throw a verse, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys. Um, because um, Fred is right, they they weren't exactly expecting the Messiah to suffer and die, although he rose from the dead. In Daniel 9, 
24 and 25. It, it talks about the future of the world. It says, Jerusalem will be rebuilt, God will send his Messiah, sin and transgression will be finished, and atonement will take place. And then everlasting righteousness will be ushered in, Daniel 9, 24, 25. But here's the thing. Between the atonement being paid for, our sin on the cross, and everlasting righteousness coming, there's been this divine time out that we call the church age, where the gospel has been preached to all nations. I happen to believe that we are very, very near the end of the church age. And only God knows, but the Lord is coming back, and Jesus will physically come back to earth, and it could be very, very soon. Ray, give me... Get ready, people. Get ready, amen. Get ready. And we're we're at the door. Okay, the Ray, door. there's somebody teaching, somebody listening uh, to us right now, and they're going, man, this is this is some weird stuff these guys are talking about. I never heard this stuff before. Uh, or this is strange, or this is uh, sounds like science fiction to me. Uh, no, we're not talking about science fiction, folks. We're talking about what the Bible says is going to happen. So, Ray, if somebody's listening to us right now and, and they want to know, well, I want, I want to be a part of that, you know, I, I, how can they, what, are they what, is, what does somebody listening need to, need to do? Well, the great good news is God has made a way, Tim. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. God made salvation simple so that anybody, anywhere, anytime could be saved. Anybody, anybody, anywhere. So it doesn't matter what your sin is. If we want to play name that sin, it doesn't matter. Name your sin. It could be sex, drugs, it's a, a murder. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and sin is awful. Sin is terrible. But Jesus Christ has paid the price through his death on the cross. He has paid the price for your sin. So if you will say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong, but I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, and I am trusting him as my Lord and Savior. In that great moment of saying those words, and it's not so much the words, it's the attitude of the heart, coming to Christ, trusting in him. Tim, the great good news is when you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven now and forever, and that's the one thing you've got to be ready for. You've got to know your sins are forgiven or else you're going to face judgment when Jesus comes again. So I say come to Christ now so that when Jesus comes today, tomorrow, or whenever, if you've come to Christ, you will be ready. All right, folks, we encourage you to uh, go to Ray's website or Alex's website, mm-hmm. either one, uh, and to, 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 to learn more and to understand more what we're talking about here today. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means good news. Um, so, uh, keepbelieving.com is Ray's website, right, Ray? That's right. What's there? Well, among many other things, there's a clear presentation of the gospel. When you come to keep believing, you'll see it. It'll explain to you how you can know that your sins are forgiven and right with God. And then a whole lot of other free biblical resources. Keepbelieving.com. Alex, what's your website? Uh, just my name, alexmcfarland.com. And there's a tab, what does God say about my relationship with him? And it explains how is to be Is it easy saved. to find? I think so. If you go to Alex McFarland, it's right on there. Alex McFarland dot what? Com. Dot com. 
Yeah. Hey, Alex, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Look forward to hearing you invert this afternoon. God bless you all. Thank you. All right, uh, Chris, we've got a couple of minutes here. Uh, if you can top the Bible and the gospel, go ahead, Chris. Oh, yeah, no pressure. It's all, it's all, uh, you, here's your shot. This is like bringing on the monkeys to close right. for Led Zeppelin. But thank I, you. That was a good one right there. Uh, that's I got, good. You just that's came good. up with that off the top of your head, or I did. You, you've had that saving. I did. That, that's a surprise for a millennial to even talk about that's monkeys. That's good. I watched the a lot of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I watched, right. of, uh, I watched a lot of uh, – uh, monkeys episodes on Nickelodeon when I was growing up. Uh, let me let me make, let me mention come. this. I don't know that uh, you guys talked about it, but uh, I heard this on the radio today, and it's from a few days ago. And there's a guy in Canada, 80 year old man that fought off a bear that broke into his house. Well, that's typical for a Canadian. Yeah, you know. Oh, Canada. Don't uh, tell me what happened. I want to watch the movie. Yeah. Rumor has it he yells, this is for Trudeau. No. Um, yeah, Norman Ruff is the guy's name. He was asleep uh, in his house with his wife. They heard a commotion in the uh, kitchen. He got up to see what it was, and it was a bear crawling through the window. It wasn't saying Nick. And the 80-year-old guy, the 80-year-old guy fought off the bear, got in a couple of punches, and managed to actually open the door and the bear and kind of shuffled the bear out of his house. He had a, slight injuries. Where did this happen? Now? In Canada. But where in Canada is it? Uh, Muskoka. Toronto. Muskoka. Muskoka, really? Yes. That's in southern Ontario. Near Port Carling in Muskoka. Holy smokes. First of so, all, what was the bear doing that far south? Climate change. With the climate bear, change. Climate change. <laughs> he got lost. His GPS so wasn't bear, working. Those bears don't migrate south during the winter? Uh, not that, not down to the cities. Uh, no. Yeah, so. he got recognized by the police. There's a picture on the National Post of uh, the guy's name. Again, his name is Norman, and uh, he's he was recognized by police. They were all wearing masks, but Norman was not. So Norman's They're, like, I fought a listen, bear. Listen, if you can fight off a bear, you don't need a <laughs> you mask. You don't need a mask, no. <laughs> you know, he might he might have the a uh, future in the circus. Right I hear there. he's going to play for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, he's, 80, he's 80 years old? Yeah, yeah. they could still Good use him. Come, <laughs> come watch Norman wrestle the bear. <laughs> Saturday night. huh? It'll cost you two toonies. Oh, man. <laughs> no, a toonie would be two, right? Yeah, That's right. Okay. 80, year, 80 years old. That's, come on now. That, wow. That's very impressive right there. Coming, his biopic Norman. is coming to a streaming service near you. And I'm uh, sure you could hear the wife say, honey, you go look after this. <laughs> that's I'm right, here. honey. Go check on this. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll be back in five minutes with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.